0: Welcome back to another week and another episode of Strongtown Talks. This week's episode is a sit-down with a longtime Strongtown member, Missy Booth. I owe her an apology because when she first started at Strongtown, she was Missy Hardwick, and I did get a bit tripped up over the last name when I brought her onto the episode. Missy has been a member of Strongtown since 2014 and was first introduced to CrossFit through her cousin, Coach Becky the cliff notes on this episode is that missy is a badass prior to crossfit her background is in martial arts where she has earned her black belt crossfit has also inspired her interest in massage therapy and she is now a licensed massage therapist and both mikey and kelly can vouch for her work i have to thank her for giving up her time to be on the show and hope you all enjoy Welcome to another episode of Strongtown Talks. I am your host, Dan Gallagher. This is a show where we talk with the people and friends of the Strongtown community. Okay, guys. Welcome back. I am here today with Missy Hardwick. Also, no, Well, it used to be Hardwick. I'm going to correct that. It is now Missy Booth. Yep. And Missy is short for Melissa.
1: It is. Big but, topic of conversation in the gym.
0: <laughs> I just feel like it's weird because every now and then we'll see your name and sort of the system or something like that. And I'll have to do a double take. That's actually Melissa, not Missy. Missy Booth is here today. Uh, Missy, if you don't mind just introducing yourself really quick, talk about who you are, where you grew up.
1: Sure. Yeah. Missy. I am currently a licensed massage therapist, been a member at Strongtown for six years now, I think. Yeah. It's about maybe six years. more. Yeah. It might be. Yeah. I grew up in Waterbury and I
0: Where in Waterbury? Town Plot area or?
1: Uh, I'm really bad at geography. So wherever, if you can find Crosby High School, that's where I grew up. Okay. Right around there. So I lived there like my whole life. That's where I'm from. Did you
0: go to Crosby High School?
1: I did, which was an interesting time in my life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would not have pictured you as a Crosbarian.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I can hear that a lot. I turned out okay though, right? You did. Yeah, thanks.
0: (laughs) So you grew up in Waterbury. Mm Mm-hmm. You now live in Waterbury as well.
1: Yeah. Well, I took a sabbatical and moved to Wolcott for a few years. Then I got married. and My husband and I are back in Waterbury for the time being.
0: Okay. And one of the things that I always found interesting, I think a lot of people don't know this about you, is that you and Becky are actually cousins.
1: Yeah. Becky's the reason I'm here at Strongtown. She is. Yeah.
0: I'm assuming she was your initial exposure to CrossFit in some ways.
1: Becky and her parents, Cheryl and Ray Ray.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. So I, after I college. I do miss
0: having them around the gym, actually.
1: They're so great, aren't they?
0: Yeah, they really are.
1: After I finished college, I was looking for things to do other than just, you know, work my 40-hour work week that was new to me. And Becky, Cheryl, and Ray Ray were always saying, why don't you come to CrossFit with us? And I finally gave in one day. and yeah. Here I am.
0: Actually, your sister Steph was here for a little bit as well, if I remember.
1: For a a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah,
0: We kept the better one.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much.
0: So, Becky, you mentioned you are a, a licensed massage therapist. I am. It's somewhat new for you in terms of careers. Like, you haven't always been a massage therapist. Yeah,
1: it was a career change for me. I worked full-time in mental health for seven years. I'm still, you know, one foot in the door doing that because massage therapy is kind of up in the air right now with Mm -hmm. COVID. So, you know, you got to have a safety net and, you know, I just like to have a backup plan.
0: And what first, what developed the interest in massage therapy for you?
1: CrossFit. Is it really? Yeah. I'd never had a massage until back in the day. My earlier CrossFit days, I used to be here like four, five, six days a week Mm -hmm. and I was hurting one day and I went and got a massage and it was like life changing for me. So I went and got one and then I was like, this would be great. I think everyone should get a massage and be aware that it it can make you feel so much better if you're an active person. Yeah. 10 out of 10 recommend.
0: And I know you recently, I think you met Mikey and Kelly here maybe a few weeks ago. And you gave them a massage. Yeah. They both spoke very highly of you and had had an amazing time. I'm not going to... I have issues with people touching me.
1: A lot of people do.
0: I cannot cannot relax. I just like go into tense mode. And for me, it either tickles or... I don't know, but I, I cannot get to that point where I'm sort of relaxed and can let the person ever really kind of work.
1: Yeah, that's so normal.
0: I often make fun of Mikey because I know before he got the massage with you, I think he'll go like once a month, once every two months to get a massage and he, he absolutely loves it.
1: Yeah. That's like recommended dosage is like once a month. Is it? Yeah. If you have like chronic issues going on, I, like I have some people who see me once every two weeks because they have back problems or... Some people who have mobility issues, so they come to see me every two weeks. But the average person is like once a month.
0: If you can talk a little bit about sort of what massage therapy is, because I think people have a rough understanding of sort of what physical therapy is and what the chiropractor does. I feel like you're somewhere in that realm, but it's a little bit different.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like in the middle. First of all, chiropractic is so incredibly important because – just from the the way you sit, you know, where how you go about your day, what you do for work can really affect the structure of your body. So seeing a chiropractor is super important. And massage therapy is kind of like the soft tissue aspect of that. Okay. It's a really good example. It's people working from home right now. They're mm-hmm. all hunched over their computers and sitting in really messed up positions just to get their job done Yeah. and your muscles, if they're held in a certain position for too long, you're going to create knots and adhesions and things are going to get sticky in your, in your body. And then you're not gonna be able to move as well. And that, especially for like a crossfitter really messes with your mobility and range of motion and how you perform when you're in the gym. Yeah. So soft tissue manipulation, which is basically what massage therapy is, can kind of loosen all that up and let the blood flow through your muscles the way they're supposed to to help with recovery.
0: And what was, what was the licensure process like for massage therapy? Is this something that you were able to go to Nautantuck Valley for? Or was did you have to accumulate a certain number of hours almost like a pilot? Or how does that work?
1: Yeah, so it was an intense program. I went for a year and a half while I was working full-time. So I was doing like 15 hours a week for a year and a half of classes and hands-on time. And I had to take anatomy and physiology, kinesiology, It was an intensive program, and uh, I also had clinic hours that I had to complete. So the state recently changed its hours where to get your license for massage therapy, you have to do like, I think it's 900 hours of classroom and hands-on time. I finished like right on the cusp of that law changing, so I only had to do, I believe it was 600 hours.
0: Only 600.
1: Only 600 hours. No big deal, right? And then I had to sit through a, a license exam, which everyone... It's like, oh, to get your license, you just have to give somebody a massage, right? No. I had to, like, go into this big, scary building that was, like, TSA. They, like, made me take my shoes off and, like, patted me down. Really? (laughs) Yes. Like, nurses take their NCLEX, and we have what's called an MBLEX. Okay. Yeah, so it was a two-hour written exam. And they sit you in a little cubicle and they test you on all the theory and ethics and all that stuff. Yeah. And then they just give you a piece of paper at the end. They slide it across the table to you to let you know if you passed or failed. (laughs)
0: Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's, That's interesting. I did not realize that's what it was like.
1: Yeah, it was terrifying. I remember like... I took the piece of paper off the counter when they handed it to me. It's not even
0: online. It's basically just a piece of paper that they slide to you. Yeah.
1: So you finish the test and you like hit the submit button and then you walk out of the room and they check you again to make sure you didn't like find something tucked away somewhere in your hair or something. Mm -hmm. So they print it out from your computer, sends like a message to the front desk, whether you passed or failed. Cause it's not like scored like zero to a hundred. Okay. Pass, fail. Yeah. So yeah, their computer processes it immediately. Not like nurses who they have to wait like six weeks. Sometimes mm-hmm. you get your your results that day. And I remember taking the piece of paper and like the woman was like, "Are you going to check it?" And I was like, "No, I'm going to wait till I get outside." Because <laughs> so I sat in my car and I opened it and I just immediately started sobbing when I passed it because it was so hard.
0: I mean, it had to be such a relief.
1: Yeah, it was like a year and a half culmination, just like yeah, on one piece of paper, work and then yeah,
0: it boils down to one piece of paper that's pass yeah. fail.
1: Yeah, it's really scary.
0: Now, so you kind of do this on your own, is my understanding, or... Sort I,
1: of, yes. Sort of, no.
0: We had a guy, Anton, who used to be here, and I felt like he was trying to get into massage therapy and then ended up riding the rails and becoming homeless, and he's sort of an interesting guy. He's, a bit of a, he's definitely a hippie at heart. <laughs> I feel he like still a sh- lot of
1: massage therapists are. Thankfully, I'm not. He still shows <laughs> up every now and then.
0: But I want to say he was working at a place in Southbury that was almost more of a franchise type location.
1: I, so, I work at one of those corporate places because it was the first massage job I could get out of school. Yeah. Um, and I still have that, but I'm also an independent contractor. Okay. So, I work out of a chiropractor's office. Okay. In Shelton. And uh, there's also a private practice that's within the chiropractor's office because to rent spaces, massage therapists can be extremely expensive. And one of my old teachers, uh, Dave Gassner, who is phenomenal, He's like the king of deep tissue. He's taught me like everything I know about deep tissue work and sports massage. Yeah, He was looking for a female therapist for his practice. So after I graduated a few months later, he reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to come and join him in his practice. So I did. And his office is within the chiropractor. Chiropractors just contract us out for their uh, chiropractic patients. Yeah. So I'm not an employee there, but I'm an independent contractor. And that's where I get my work.
0: And how is it when someone comes to you, do they go through, is there some type of assessment process or is it like someone will go to you and be like, Hey, my, my hip or my shoulder feels a little bit odd and that'll be a bit more targeted. Is it sort of like a self assessment that they bring to you or is it you kind of doing an assessment of, of where they are and then trying to determine what's the best way to approach
1: so it's a little bit, e- I, I hate to say easier, it's, I still have to do the work, but the chiropractors generally have done assessments with the clients and, you know, they'll find the the area that needs the work. And then before they do any adjustments or treatments with them, I will soften up the tissue so that any adjustments just go a little bit smoother or I'll work with them after the adjustment just to make sure that the mo- the muscles don't tense up afterwards because that can happen. If you get an adjustment, some people feel really sore the next day. Yeah. And it can be like trauma, you know, it's a very sudden change in the tissue. So if you get chiropractic work done and then get a massage right after, or vice versa, it kind of just helps everything stay in place and not fight the adjustment as much. So I generally have people coming in that have already been assessed. The doctors find that, you know, massage therapy would work well for them. There's been a time or two where, at the chiropractor's office, they have people just looking for massage therapy. So there's people that come there just to see me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's hard for people to find massage therapists that they trust. And I think seeing them within a doctor's office makes them a little more comfortable.
0: It's a little more credibility towards it. Yeah. Now, massage therapy for you, is it mostly, I'm a little bit familiar with things like cupping and graston Mm -hmm. is it tools like that that you're using do you get into dry needling at all or
1: i wish i could do dry needling there's some debate i i don't think in connecticut licensed massage therapists fit the mold for doing dry needling i think anything where you're puncturing the skin i don't think we can do but i am certified in graston and i'm finishing up my prenatal certification now and then cupping is next on the list
0: exciting stuff.
1: Yeah, it's very cool and very nerdy.
0: I think like anything, it, you know, it's just easy to geek out on certain subjects where everything turns into a bit of a rabbit hole and then you can continue just keep going down and down and getting deeper into it.
1: Yeah. My husband laughs at me because he'll come home sometimes and find me like watching Graston videos on YouTube, which like probably looks really weird, but...
0: Yeah, just watching people get a butter knife to air their muscle. Yeah.
1: I found this really cool channel. They work on big name athletes and Mm -hmm. with their permission they post videos of them like getting their body work done and it's so cool so people with like overdeveloped muscles where you can really see the work getting done
0: that's good i think you know especially since this is it's a bit of a career change for you i'd hope that you are excited about it and that you know these are things that you're fascinated by and want to learn more about yeah now your husband ed i'm going to talk about him for a little bit i love
1: talking about my husband
0: (laughs) i I love your husband too um i wish you'd (laughs) actually come to everyone does we know Ed just because he's my paint guy. Yeah. Whenever I need anything paint related, I go to Ed. I'm sad that he's no longer in Naugatuck because that used to be like a local place where we could go sort of see him and yeah. he always pointed us in the right direction and I think now he's up in the Wethersfield area. Yeah. Yep. How did you and Ed first meet?
1: Oh my gosh. The story of Ed and Missy. So my husband and I met, I was 20, he was 22 and- we had these mutual friends that kept telling us, like, you guys would be perfect for each other because before my CrossFit days, I was, like, a longtime martial artist, and my husband is, like...
0: I, yeah, we're going to talk about that yeah. in a second. We're going back to that one, but yeah, continue.
1: So, everyone kept saying, like, oh, well, Missy's the karate girl, and Ed was super into mixed martial arts and all that stuff. So, they were like, you should meet our friend Ed. You guys would be perfect for each other, and... I'm gonna tell on myself here. My friends showed me pictures of him, and this was before he like embraced the bald. Okay. He <laughs> he uh, was rocking the ponytail for a long time, even really? after he started balding. So I looked at pictures of him, and he the poor guy looked much older than he was. He he was adorable, but he just looked much older. And I was like, I don't know if he's really my type. And then one day. I was out doing some errands, and my friend that was trying to hook us up worked at GameStop at the time with Ed. And I saw his truck there, my friend James, and I went in to visit him, brought him a, a coffee or something, and Ed was there, and we met. And then they invited me to their friend Jay's house that night, because they that's where they hung out, was at their friend Jay's house. Yeah. And we just hit it off, and we dated for six months, and then I broke up with him really yeah like brutal i I was kind of of yeah i broke up with him you know for different reasons and we broke up for like a solid two years oh wow we both had like super serious relationships in the in the interim and uh when both those relationships ended we were like hey let's just meet up for a drink and kind of like clear the air it was a bad breakup Mm -hmm. it was a constant like avoiding each other thing for a few years and it was one of those corny moments where like across a crowded bar we were like oh this is it like we were broken up for 2 years but like this is my person so then we got back together and we knew right away we were going to get married oh wow so corny yeah. within like getting back together for like a month we just knew so our first date was at that bar where we were just going to clear the air Do
0: you remember the bar?
1: Uh yeah McFairlands in Waterbury Okay <laughs> We now know the new owners that own it, which we're really happy about. Um, That's a great
0: connection. Yeah.
1: So our first date was at that bar. Our second date, we got lunch at Bertucci's. And our third date, I visited him in the hospital because he almost died.
0: I feel like I have seen pictures of him in the hospital and I, I don't know what he was there for.
1: So he, he got a stomach ulcer that perforated. Like The day we went on our second date, like I went to do a karate tournament that weekend and he ended up in the hospital. So he almost died. They told him if he had waited like another hour, he would have died. So I remember driving to the hospital and being like, I have two options here. I can either turn around and I'll never speak to this guy again. And that's the end of it. Or I'm going to go visit him in the hospital and we're going to get married. And needless to say, here we are seven years later. Yeah. (laughs) So
0: that's a great story.
1: Yeah, It's a weird story, but,
0: you know, life is weird.
1: Yeah, exactly. And now he's the paint guy for everyone.
0: He is the paint guy. He's always taking care of us here. When I, I talk about painting different conditions around the gym, he'll recommend paint types or he's
1: such a paint nerd,
0: which I can relate to. I have a weird fascination. It popped up. And speaking of going back to YouTube and weird videos on YouTube, there's a guy You basically create videos of people mixing paint. Oh, yeah. Where it's just like paint that drops into the bucket. And then he would try to guess the color that was going to be. And I yeah. don't know why it was as fascinating as it was. But
1: it is, right?
0: But I'm seeing the colors go in there. And I'm pretty familiar with color theory with my background in architecture yeah, and you'd just have to art be. and stuff like that. I'm like a 20% accuracy with guessing paint colors after I see them put these colors in it. None
1: in. of it makes sense to me. No. None of it.
0: It's just I'm like, okay, I see what's going in there. Okay, it's going to be a blue or purple. And it comes out like teal. And I'm like, Wrong again, Dan.
1: It's always gray or brown.
0: Always. I know. It's just one of those fascinating. There's so much stuff on YouTube, which makes like zero sense. But like, it's amazing how satisfying it is to watch.
1: Yeah. That's how you end up awake at 3 a.m.
0: Yeah. Just going (laughs) down the YouTube rabbit hole. And now all my recommended videos are totally all over the place in terms of. yeah.
1: Mine are so weird.
0: You touched on this a little bit. I do want to go back there. One of the things I like to talk about is I'm always curious about what people's fitness experience was like before they came to the gym. And I apologize because I forgot you were as into karate as you were.
1: Oh, yeah. 14, 15 years worth.
0: Now, when did you start? What I know there's a few different types of karate. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm sort of well engrossed in the Cobra Kai world right now. Oh,
1: Yeah. (laughs) Everybody is. I haven't watched it yet. My husband has though. Oh,
0: it's so good. I mean, it's so bad. It's good. It's it's just one of those. That's things. That's the
1: best that kind of TV, though, isn't it?
0: I, I just couldn't stop watching. I've tried to get my my wife is not seeing the original Karate Kid movie, and what? I keep trying to sort of put it on the background so she'll have to watch it, and she's oh just God. not into it. But. I do think there's so many flashbacks in Cobra Kai that she's basically seen about 70% of the movie right now.
1: Yeah, and, I believe that. And
0: can fill in the story and understands what Because what's the
1: point of watching Cobra Kai if you haven't seen the original I
0: movies? I know. It's amazing know. that they've been able to bring back the cast and everyone's sort of the original actors. And they've basically just been waiting their entire life for this series to be <laughs> come back. Yes. So when did you start karate? How long were you doing it? It sounds like you did a few tournaments.
1: Yeah. So I started when I was 12. I trained straight through until I was 17 and I took my senior year of high school off there. You know, there's just so much to do your senior year of high school. I was social. I wanted to do things. I had already gotten my black belt. So I was like, well, now's the time to sort of take a break. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I tested for my first degree black belt like a a month before I turned 17. So I took about a year, year and a half off. And then I went back, trained a solid couple of years, tested for my secondary black belt. I was dating Ed the first time when I did that. Okay. He actually went to my test. I think all in all, I went to a few international competitions. I did okay sometimes, sometimes not so much. I'm not very competitive. I'm not naturally athletic. It takes a lot of work for me to like do anything <laughs> athletic. But overall, I think I trained solidly for like 14, 15 years, got my secondary black belt. I'm still very involved with a lot of the people that I trained with. Mm-hmm. So it's always like an, something that's, you know, in the background. It's popped in a few months ago and trained for a night. Yeah, so I was never super athletic growing up. I did softball and basketball and all the things kids do. But it wasn't until I did martial arts that I really found something that I felt like made sense for me.
0: Did anyone in your family do it or how were you initially exposed to it?
1: I'm pretty sure my grandmother just felt like I needed to do something with my life because I wasn't super into sports. (laughs) I didn't really like sports. So, you know, and as a kid, I really liked Power Rangers and the Karate Kid. So, And this studio was right around the corner from my house. So she was like, all right, well, this is what you're going to do. So I did it and I fell in love with it. And some of my strongest friendships are with the people that I met doing martial arts. So like my best friend Lauren is from karate and she and i have been like sisters for almost 20 years now i think she's phenomenal and she's a master like fourth degree almost fifth degree black belt like she's incredible wow so i've always found my closest friendships doing sports or things like that like
0: do you think that's because it was a little bit outside your comfort zone that it made you open up a little bit more or
1: um Maybe. I mean, I feel like I come across as fairly introverted. Um, but you could ask Liam and Justina here from Strongtown. Like, once I'm in the door, like you can't get rid of me. There's so many stories of Liam and Justina just knowing way too much about me. Which <laughs> is fine. Yeah, I remember like the first time hanging out with them, getting in my car the next morning. We always go to Liam's house and we end up crashing there because adult beverages get consumed. And we're very responsible people. And I remember getting in my car the next day and being like, well, these guys are never going to talk to me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think I just get comfortable with people once I'm taken out of any sort of formal setting.
0: Yeah, it's a good icebreaker. Yeah. I've always found. yeah. I think one of the things that's always impressed me about sort of karate running the martial arts is just the discipline that's associated with it. And I'm curious has that discipline helped you in CrossFit? or because it's a very different type of training
1: it is yeah i think it's helped me in every aspect of my life honestly i get made fun of a lot for my punctuality but like if you weren't 15 minutes early for classic karate like you were standing there in the doorway waiting until they acknowledge you to tell you like you can come in now and that's mortifying for a 12 year old kid so yeah (laughs) just it really ingrained in me at an early age like don't be that asshole Yeah. It's helped me in my careers. I never miss things. I'm never late for work. My coworkers make fun of me because, you know, oh, Missy's here like 20 minutes before the place even opens. So...
0: I think it's Vince Lombardi who has the saying that, you know, if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late.
1: Yeah, that's... That's pretty much how it was.
0: It's good to have that discipline. One of the things that I get really frustrated too is just sort of punctuality. I, I'm guilty about it myself, or sometimes it's easy for me to get caught up in the day, and then mm. all of a sudden I'm running late on things, and it just snowballs throughout everything else.
1: Yeah. It's not a good look when you're the one that's like 20 minutes early for a party, though.
0: I've been there. I'm not going to lie. I've
1: never been fashionably late to anything. <laughs> <laughs> I've never made like that grand entrance where I was just like, oh, Missy's here. It's always like, oh, Missy's here 20 minutes early.
0: Yeah. We always joke in our family. My mother, I think, was basically late to her wedding because <laughs> she was doing stuff in the morning and got caught up. And then it was like, okay, is this Jerry showing up today? Fortunately, so, she did show up.
1: That's so funny, though.
0: But yeah, I think she definitely made my dad sweat a little bit on the aisle.
1: A woman should always make a man sweat.
0: Yeah. So when you first came to CrossFit, it's obviously a very different training than martial arts. Mm -hmm. How do you feel that it compared or – I think it's similar and different in some ways. It's similar that there's so much that goes into it, but it's also just a little bit different. I think the variety of CrossFit movements between the endurance and running and then the gymnastic movements on the pull-up bar, and then there's the weightlifting component.
1: I think the only time I'd ever touched a barbell before I came to CrossFit was cleaning them at the gym I worked at in college that was it. I'd never bench pressed. I'd never Olympic lifting. What is that? Right. Never. I felt like I was fairly flexible and mobile before I started CrossFit because martial arts, it looks really good if you're flexible and you can do kicks like above your head. Yeah. And I felt like I was pretty agile, but then I did my first CrossFit class and I was like, I'm not fit in any way, shape or form, like not at all. So I actually did CrossFit and martial arts in conjunction for like six months to a year after I started here. And I felt like my martial arts got better because I was just fitter. But it, it's a totally different world because it's, I mean, martial arts is all body weight movements, you know, unless you're using a, a sword or a, a staff, which they weigh like nothing. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're going to do one, doing both is great, but they're both a big commitment.
0: Yeah, they are. One of the things that always attracted me to CrossFit was just the idea that it it's not overly specific, but it does provide a solid athletic foundation. Yeah. That then whatever you're doing outside the gym can become that much easier. It
1: translates so well to anything else you want to do.
0: It really does, yeah. Even just in terms of work capacity and just I think one of the things that was sort of a big piece of humble pie when I first got in was the actual intensity associated with it. You know, I was used to going to the gym and working out and it was always, i do sort of the traditional bodybuilder split of, you know, back and buys one day, chest and tries. But it was never one of those things, you know, we joke about having, you know, these come to Jesus moments in CrossFit.
1: I have that moment every time I walk in this place.
0: <laughs> Where it basically just sort of knocks you on your ass and it's like, what the hell just happened? It's a very different type of workout. And that once it got under my skin, I, I could not get away from it.
1: Yeah. I feel like I eat humble pie every time I come here. It's just like every time I think I'm mentally prepared for a workout, I come in and my first thought is this was a mistake. (laughs) I think that's also partially to do with my age. And, you know, there were times that I was not coming to CrossFit. Mm -hmm. You know, the older you get, the more life happens and you kind of just have to make fitness fit in where you can. But intensity it's just like it comes naturally when you're here mm-hmm. and I feel like going to the gym on your own or you know doing a martial arts class it's its all about finding your own intensity and some people aren't good at that I'm not good at that which is why CrossFit works well for me because I'm not going to have that intensity if I try to go to the gym and do back and buys and or go to the martial arts class and you know alright well here's this form that you're going to do yeah. I'm just going to get through it Right. whereas here like there's 10 other people right next to you and you're like well I want to work out as hard as they're working out. And that, that's the beauty of CrossFit.
0: And it pushes you just a little bit more than if Absolutely. you're doing it by yourself. Now, you've also done Battle for the Bell quite a few years with us.
1: Oh, what got me to sign up for Battle for the Bell? Peer pressure. Its name is Justina Paproski.
0: Okay. <laughs> Well, it's definitely one of those things. It's a big step outside your comfort zone for a lot of people Yeah. just to go from working out in the class to then to be like, I'm going to sign up for a competition now.
1: Yeah. It's like class on crack. Yeah. I'm not competitive in any way, shape or form. I'm pretty sure the last year that I competed, it was like six months before my wedding and I was on a team with Liam, Justina and Justin Krajewski. Yes. And I remember, (laughs) poor Justin. He was like standing outside the ring while I was doing something. I don't remember what the workout was. I've blocked it out. and he Just repress
0: those memories. I've
1: repressed it completely. And he was like, come on, you can do it. And I told him to fuck off. I just like looked right at like met him in the eyes.
0: (laughs) Just not today, Justin.
1: (laughs) That was the last time I competed at Battle for the Bell.
0: (laughs) It happened. I've had those moments. It's not that I can push more. I'm good.
1: Yeah. These little muscles are not doing it.
0: So you've done Battle for the Bell a few times. Mm -hmm. You have this massage therapy thing you're doing. Yeah. I'm curious how the massage therapy has helped what you do in CrossFit. Because I think one of the things that people often neglect in here is the whole recovery side of things. Yeah. As a massage therapist, are you able to, I don't know what you want to call it. Self-care. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I'm just more aware of like the aches and pains that my body feels and I can get ahead of it. I'm the worst. Like I don't practice what I preach. It's been like two months since I got a massage, but- I do do a lot of mobility and I'll like take my grass and tool to myself all the time if I'm tight or sore. So I haven't gotten a massage, but I'm constantly working on mobility and just making sure that everything stays fresh because I also can't give a decent massage if I'm sore from a workout and vice versa. I can't do my best in a workout if I'm sore from doing six hours of massage one day. Yeah. So I kind of have no choice but to do a little bit extra mobility
0: it's something I need to personally get better at myself. Your cousin Becky is great at the mobility stuff. I, I She's like,
1: great at everything.
0: And she has a real discipline with it too, where I think sometimes I get myself caught in the class where it's like, okay, the workout's done. I'm, I did my work. I'm good to go. She always makes an effort to make sure that people are stretching out and mobilizing yeah. me after the class. And even though it's not always the, it's definitely not the sexy part of the workout,
1: No, but it's the one that's going to make the next workout sexier.
0: It does. I think it's one of those things that you only look at. The idea of what we do in the gym is trying to sort of improve who we are. We're trying to become better versions of ourselves, essentially. And that by neglecting this area, this recovery side of things, it's only going to limit that growth and that development.
1: Absolutely. Because, I mean, I always feel bad when I see people in the gym that can't meet full range of motion when they're doing a movement because mm-hmm. it's it's going to hinder their ability to lift more the next time they're trying to make gains in that area. If you just take the extra time to work on mobility and really improve your range of motion, everything's just going to get better. And if you don't have healthy tissue, you're not going to have good lifts or be able to maintain that intensity because something's got to give somewhere. Yeah. And I mean, Kelly's really good at warming up great before a workout. And she is. And that's why she's such a beast in the gym, because she does what she needs to do to make sure that, you know, her tissue stays healthy. Yeah. And she can keep coming back consistently.
0: It is. I, I just think the more that we do this, the more important that actually becomes. Absolutely. And the idea is that, you know, we all hope to be doing this until we're Jerry Lou's age. Yeah. You know, for our mother, it's one of those things that, you know, knock on wood. When she got into this, she she was fairly healthy, just physically. She was dealing with some bone density issues and some other stuff like that, but her mobility was actually pretty good. And what we've been trying to harp on her a little bit more just to you know make sure she's continuing to stretch out and she's doing these things and not just worry about her squats and her deadlifts
1: yeah (laughs) because that's what we all worry about right right that's where the numbers are at it's easier to track your numbers than it is to track your mobility right but it's really important because i couldn't kick above my head now whereas seven years ago when i started doing this i could Mm -hmm. if i could go back and tell myself anything it would be make sure you stretch
0: this is actually a good transition for me, Missy. You're touching on it a little bit. So yeah. I appreciate you coming on the show today and taking your time to sort of sit down and talk with me. I like to wrap up these episodes with a few sort of rapid fire questions. Yeah. The first question, which you just talked a little bit about, and I'm curious, you are allowed to answers for any of these if, oh, you, if you want to expand on them. So don't feel restricted. But the first question is always that, you know, if you could go back in time and send yourself a message on the first day trying out a class, what would that be?
1: Uh, stretch more and don't think so much about what other people are doing.
0: Those are good answers. Yeah. I think it's very easy sometimes. We're in the class and. I don't know if you want to call it shiny object syndrome, but it's sometimes I get myself caught looking around and sort of seeing, okay, you know, Mikey's got this weight on his bar. So that means that I need to do that weight. Yeah. And I think sometimes there is an advantage to that where will push you a little bit more, but especially as we're first starting out, I think one of the big things is sort of the whole idea of like checking your ego out the door, not worrying about the other person's doing and just trying to focus on sort of working within your own, whatever your own limits are.
1: Yeah. I find that, I think I had a harder time with that when I first came here because martial arts was such a... A, an individual competitive sport. Mm-hmm. And I was actively competing at the time when I first came here. And it was always, you have to be better than the next person, or what's the point in showing up? Mm-hmm. Whereas coming here, everyone just wants everyone to do well. Right. It's just about getting your fitness in. It's not a competition. You know, it's not battle for the bell every time you walk in here. Now I always make the joke everybody's writing their scores on the whiteboard at the end of class, and I'm like, I showed up, I win. Sometimes that's the only answer. Because there was
0: Timmy Terenzi who used to come here and I remember him. Tim was a great guy. I, I missed him. Tim was a great athlete. He was oh one God, of those guys he was just so fit. I remember him doing pull-ups and handstand push ups where it almost looked like there's a string attached to him that was just pulling <laughs> him up and down because he was just moving so quickly on him. But he always used to just joke that like he's only here to break sweat. Yeah. He wasn't trying to set any records. He wasn't trying to beat anyone. He just wanted to sort of break a sweat, get his workout in, and that's all he was looking for.
1: Yeah. I feel like I used to care so much about the numbers, and now I just care that I showed up because for so long, like my life just got so crazy that getting here was so impossible, and that was working 40 to 50 hours a week and going to school and trying to get my massage license. Mm -hmm. I was always beating myself up, so now I just like to take a look at, did you show up? Yes, right. you win. Yeah. So that's the only thing I care about now. And I try not to beat myself up if there's a week that I can't get here because, oh, well, I had extra massages booked this week. I need to make money. So I'll get to the gym a few extra days next week because otherwise I'm just going to think about it too much and then I won't show up because I'm embarrassed. <laughs>
0: yeah which that's completely unproductive yeah it's yeah. so stupid i get that sometimes because it's very easy to find excuses why not to come and then it shouldn't be to the point where we just sort of like walk away from it it's hopefully just something that you know okay it didn't work out this week i'll find time next week or exactly. try to make it up where i can yeah because life is always going to get in the way unfortunately
1: yeah but strong not going anywhere if any of us have anything to do with it i, I hope
0: not <laughs> <laughs> i don't plan on going anywhere yeah missy the next question is, "What is your most memorable moment or workout at Strongtown?" I'm kind of curious on the, your answer on this one, just because you have been here as long as you have, and you've seen us through quite a few iterations over the yeah. years. Yeah,
1: honestly, this is going to sound super boring, but the first time I did Grace. Okay. I think that was when I fell in love with the barbell, and I sucked. It like it was terrible. <laughs> it took me forever, and I think I was doing it at like 65 pounds. Yeah. But I think I'd been here for six eight months and it wrecked me it took me ages to finish it i couldn't tell you how long it had to be like 25 27 minutes but to this day it's my favorite workout to do in fact i was just talking to justin recently about like hey let's hit open gym soon and test grace because i think i can finally do it rx so
0: that's a great answer probably the most common response to that question since i've been doing these shows has been murph for a lot of people
1: oh murph just sucks
0: (laughs) (laughs) it does suck (laughs) Grace is actually, I really like that answer just because it's a real benchmark barbell workout. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, Grace is one of those workouts that clean and jerk is a simpler movement. It's a very achievable workout to do RX for people. So I think, you know, it'll take depending on where people start, but it is something that it's a great goal to have. Yeah. I think it's a real sort of milestone achievement. You know, the first time people actually are able to like check off the RX box and doing Grace RX. Yeah.
1: I think there's been a handful of times where I should have done it RX, but I just second guessed myself and I didn't. Yeah. There was a Christmas wad we did a a few years ago or New Year's or something where we did a, a couple of girl workouts. Yeah, New Year's with the girls. Yeah. And one of them was Grace. And I think I did it at like 83 pounds instead of 93. And at the end, I was like, shit, I should have done this. Right. Like
0: you're like, you're right there. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I, I, I did it so fast that I was like, I could have easily done this yeah. at RX. That was the last time I think I actually did Grace. I think anytime we've programmed it since then, I just wasn't able to get here. It's on my list for the next like month.
0: That's why we have open gym, Missy. We have yeah. open gym so you can make up these benchmarks.
1: Yeah. that's That's my plan.
0: So the next question is, what is something you never thought you'd be able to do when you first started that you are now able to do?
1: Bench press over 100 pounds. Really? (laughs) Never in my life. I worked at a gym for four years in college, and I never tried benching anything over the barbell. Yeah. And now I can bench over 100 pounds, and I never thought I'd be able to do that.
0: That's a great bench press, Missy.
1: Thanks. I think it's like 110, but it's still over 100 pounds. Yeah,
0: no, 100 pounds. It that's counts. A, yeah. It's funny because, you know, we'll see people get to 93 or 95 or 90. And it's just one of those things like, okay, let's just put the fractionals on, hit 100. Let, yeah. Let's just check yeah. that, you know, cross it off the list type thing. Yeah. Bench press is also going to be, it's just a tough lift for a lot of females in general. Yeah. Just the upper body strength isn't going to be we have there's sort of standard conversions in terms of typically, you know, one thirty five for guys is ninety five pounds for ladies in terms of most most workouts. Yeah. I do think it's not totally accurate on bench press, just in terms of pressing power for a lot of people where
1: it's definitely a weird movement for women. Benching in a workout. Is definitely different. It is. Bench is one of those things like you have to be very aware of your form when you're doing bench.
0: You do. And it's also just one of those things that, especially once the bar kind of gets out of line a little bit, if it's a little too low or a little oh, too high. it can high, go
1: so quick.
0: All of a sudden the bar just stops moving and you're it's just going to pin you down.
1: Yeah. You're, and you're done for.
0: So, Missy, next question is, what is a common myth you often hear about the gym or CrossFit that you wish you could debunk? <laughs>
1: That everyone gets hurt doing CrossFit. Yep. You're either not doing it right or you have a shitty coach. Like
0: I think it just goes back to that whole thing where you know there's there's gonna be a risk of injury to everything you do.
1: I hurt myself more doing martial arts than I ever have doing CrossFit. I've broken like every finger, every toe, how many black eyes I've had.
0: Like I, I wish I knew why CrossFit had this reputation or where it kind of came up. Because it, it's just it's hard to say something is or isn't CrossFit. You get people who can do a powerlifting program where they're squatting and deadlifting and pressing. And some people say that that's not CrossFit and other people look at it and say, Yeah, that can be considered CrossFit. Yeah. I think the fact that every gym is different, you know, we're all different affiliates. So there's no real top down control. It's more just this blanket umbrella type it's like Kleenex and Tissue right now, where I think CrossFit is becoming synonymous with the type of workout. And I think some people associate it with the high intensity, three, two, one, go, and just yeah. try and go as fast as you can. And there's other parts of CrossFit, which, you know, workouts are not for time, there's more of a technique focus. And I like that you said that it kind of comes down to coaching and scaling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you want to really look at it, anytime you're adding intensity into a workout, you could call it CrossFit. Right. Anytime. You pick up a dumbbell and you do a workout with intensity, you could call it CrossFit. You know, in some way, shape, or form, you could argue that. But the fact of the matter is people just want to judge things that they don't want to give a chance to. Mm -hmm. And that goes for anything outside of CrossFit, too. I think it's just the early years of CrossFit, people were so like crazed with, oh, watch what I can do mm-hmm. that. And I think that was the image of CrossFit for a while. Like, oh, watch this shit. And people just do something stupid and get hurt. Yeah. That's not CrossFit. That's somebody just being an idiot because yeah. they think they can. CrossFit is probably one of the most effective workout programs that a person could do. But just like any workout program, if you don't do it the correct way, warm up properly, do your workout with the appropriate weights, scaling, mm-hmm. and then cool down properly, you could go for a five-mile run, not warm up or stretch afterwards, and pull your hamstring, climb the stairs later that day. Are we going to turn around and say that running is dangerous?
0: I remember one of the first times I met my brother's wife, Kelly, I think they had done, they were doing like a 5K run or something. And you know, pre-COVID, when they started these runs, everyone was in a big group. Mm -hmm. And then depending on where they start, some people were on the road, some people were on the curb and she ended up within, I think the first 400 meters or something of the race, she ended up sort of tripping over a curb and just totally bit it and kind of pulled her out of the race. And, you know, I think for a while she was pretty beat up from that. And it was just one of those dumb freak accident things that happened. And it wasn't that wasn't necessarily that, you know, running was dangerous or that it's going to get people hurt. It's just like, yeah, unfortunately, there's a risk associated with everything we do.
1: Yeah. But there's also a big risk associated with not doing anything fitness related.
0: Correct. Yeah.
1: So it's, you're not going to walk into the gym and do hundred GHDs and then wonder why you got rhabdo, but that's old school CrossFit. People would do that. Like, Oh, I think I'm going to try and do hundred GHDs today. That's dumb CrossFit. If you have a good coach, they're going to tell you, no, I don't recommend that. That's why you got to find the right gym.
0: Yeah, it's about, you know, you got to pick and choose your battles. And I always say, you know, there's no real prize associated with the workout. Matt Frazier's still fitter. Him and Tia are still, they're still going to win the game. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's about picking and choosing your battles, live to fight another day. And, you know, hopefully we can just continue to work within our limits and our capacity and then do everything we can to sort of keep people safe, especially from a business perspective. People getting injured in the gym is absolutely bad for business. Yeah because once people get injured they stop coming to the gym when they stop coming to the gym they stop paying their membership so it's generally not in our interest to see anyone get injured ever
1: Yeah and isn't it cooler to have like all your members healthy and fitter at the end of the day than it is to have one member go to the games yeah that's the way i would look at it exactly you know, it's way cooler to have more members and more healthy members than it is to have one person that's well known for being super fit i
0: Thanks. like it good answer i try let's see the final question that i like to sort of wrap this up with is that you know we spoke a little bit about what first brought you to crossfit or how you first found it mm-hmm. what keeps you coming back after all these years
1: i think the friendships i've made here my two closest friends at this point in my life are liam and justina and justina may not be in the state anymore thanks by the way for that she Uh, still visits
0: us when she can but she still visits yeah she does which i I am very grateful for that every time she's in town
1: yeah i think just the fact that kind of like the same thing when i did martial arts it's the bonds you make when you're in a place like this that that really keep you sticking around. And I may not train in martial arts anymore, but those are still some of the closest people in my life. And no matter what, Strongtown's given me so much over the years that why wouldn't I keep coming back? I've gotten so many friendships here. I think I gained confidence as an adult by coming here. I was a kid when I was 22 when I started here. Mm-hmm. And I think just continuing to convince myself that you can still do things that you never thought you could do. It might take a little bit longer because now you're almost 30 but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but definitely the the bonds i've made and the friendships i've made
0: all right I like it. that's a great answer missy it's the people it's the people and the gallagher brothers
1: <laughs> well yeah i mean if it weren't for you guys none of us would be here right
0: yeah it's... in a weird way but yes
1: liam justine and i have actually joked around about getting like a matching strong town tattoos okay <laughs> <laughs> There was adult beverages involved in these conversations, yeah. but we almost did it once.
0: My uh, one of my good friends Gil from London, he's visited the gym when he's sort of a world traveler, him yeah. Once or twice. Yeah, the British guy with a lot of tattoos. Yes. He kind of looks like a Bradley Cooper type person, but <laughs> one of the things I I've always loved about Gil is, you know, he has some tattoos where I think he's gone to Thailand for that, you know, there's like specific artists who've done them for him. And then there's other stuff where he's gone to Texas and he has a little, like, howdy all tattoo. It just oh, is, like, funny. a memory from, like, this place I traveled to. And he always joked about getting, like, the Strong Town kettlebell knot.
1: Oh, I'm so glad that um, the three of us aren't the only ones.
0: Yeah. No one, I don't think anyone's actually done it yet.
1: Well, listen, if enough drinks are involved, it might. Have.
0: And Mike and I have sort of talked about it as well. And then I'm I,
1: uh, shocked you guys haven't.
0: Sarah has tattoos. We always, it's funny, from an Irish family, we have a couple my father's sisters where like a, they basically like threatened to kick us out of the family if anyone got tattoos and I think Sarah's mm-hmm. like even between my cousins I don't think anyone in our family has tattoos oh it's my just gosh. it's just kind of odd but and now is at the point where I have too many commitment issues or we're trying to make up my mind with tattoos that I'm just yeah. like I, I don't know if yeah.
1: If I'm going to get one, I, I learned this from Justina. She's she's a wise one. She's younger than me, but she's the smarter one. If you have an idea for a tattoo you want, sit on the idea for a year. Mm-hmm. And if you still want that tattoo after a year, then go ahead and get it. Because if within a year you get distracted and you don't care anymore, then obviously it's not important enough.
0: I know. I've heard they're also kind of addicting.
1: They are. I, I have a few and I'm like itching to get another one.
0: Yeah, which definitely happens. Yeah. Missy. Thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you. If
0: anyone has any questions for you, if they're interested in massage therapy, if they would like to get a massage from you, what's a good way for them to get in contact with you?
1: You can find me on Facebook. I'm Missy Booth. Or if you want to email me, it's Missy J4491 at gmail.com. I wish I was cool enough to have a licensed massage therapist instagram or something but i don't
0: you gotta get on that missy
1: i know email or facebook facebook's the easiest way
0: okay i will share that information in the show notes for people so if anyone's listening to this and they do want to reach out to you they should be able to look at the show notes for the episode and find that information
1: yeah and if anybody just has questions about recovery or anything like that feel free to ask me
0: i like it missy thank you so much
1: thank you dan this was fun
0: it was fun hopefully i'll see you soon
1: yeah i'm sure you will (laughs)
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Strongtown Talks. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave us a rating or review. We are always grateful for any feedback we get.